Have you ever sat down and thought that you were supposed to start a podcast? Have you ever wondered how you're going to do that and how that will work? Anchor.fm is the link where this podcast is recorded. It is so helpful, so easy to do. Now, come on, people. If I can do it, y'all can do it. I'm telling you what. So (laughs) go to anchor.fm, start your podcast, and follow what God is calling you to do. Thank you for joining me for season 11 of the Anchored by the Sword podcast. This season, you may hear one episode a week. You might hear two. Just kind of depends. I have so many great guests that you do not want to miss them. Each one brings a brand new perspective on freedom, a new perspective on God and their relationship with Him, and also so many great projects coming up. We hit a major milestone this past season of 5,000 downloads. And that is due to each and every one of you for tuning in every week. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing that and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Let's continue to watch God move. Let's continue to give him the glory for the freedoms that we have experienced or will experience. And if you need today to understand more about God and more about his freedom, then tune into this episode and message me and let's go on this journey together. Thank you for listening. Enjoy this episode. Hey guys, welcome to another week of the Anchor by the Sword podcast. I am so excited today to introduce you guys to Christy Osborne. She is my first guest from across the pond And uh, when I heard tidbits about her story, I was like, yes, she has to come on so you guys can hear and meet her and get to know her better. So Christy, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much, Gina. I'm so excited to be here and just chat with you. Absolutely. And can you tell my listeners more about yourself? Yeah, sure. So I live in London, as you said, um, but I'm originally from Los Angeles. I've been over here for 15 years. Uh, My husband got a job straight after we um, got out of law school. So we told our family it was going to be a two-year adventure. (laughs) And 15 (laughs) years later, two kids over here. um, We're still here. We really love it. Um, And yeah, and so I am a sobriety coach. So I help women find freedom from alcohol, which I love. And it's the most fulfilling, purposeful work ever. And so I'm just excited to talk about that today. Definitely, definitely. Two kids, you said 13 and 11. Yep. Do they have dual citizenship? Just I'm curious. Yeah, they do. So do we. Yeah, they they actually got their citizenship before we did uh-huh. um, because they were born here. Um, but yes, they're dual. And my daughter has a very strong British accent. And <laughs> every time we go back to L.A., everyone makes her <laughs> makes her speak and she hates it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so fun. So let's talk about your freedom story. Cool. Um, so, I mean, like a lot of Americans and Brits, actually, um, I kind of had my first drink in high school. Um, it was senior year. Um, I went over to my best friend's house. Her mom was out of town. We decided we were going to try tequila ahead of an upcoming party. It tasted disgusting. Um, I think we both vomited (laughs) (laughs) and, um, 
I decided kind of back then that while I was watching all of my friends get in trouble for drinking during high school, we went to a very small conservative Baptist high school and I wanted to get into a good college. So I didn't like get involved in the drinking. I tried it, didn't like it, went on to USC, joined a sorority, obviously like tons of alcohol there. And I definitely like partook, but I was also a control freak. (laughs) So I was really worried about being out of control, getting into situations that I wasn't comfortable with. So I was the girlfriend that always brought you home and held your ponytail back. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So like, definitely don't get me wrong, had my fair share of like, you know, drinking days in college, but it wasn't until kind of when I transitioned and went to law school, went to Pepperdine, that I, I had an uptick in my drinking and it was because of stress, right? Mm -hmm. You know, dealing with law school, passing, um, wanting to pass the bar, but I also met my husband, Chris there. And so like drinking was a big part of our like dating and love story. We got really into like, like knowing about wine, collecting wine, visit, like visiting vineyards, all of that Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, we studied abroad over here in London together. We traveled through France and Italy did tons of wine tasting. Um, and so it was just like a big part of like this romantic, way of connecting with your husband, like my future husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got married, moved over here permanently. Um, and I had my first da- daughter, Ella, and that's when there was another kind of like uptick in my drinking. And so when I look back at this kind of like timeline of my drinking, it was just first for stress. And then it was like this whole mommy wine culture you know, thing where we're told as new moms that we should be drinking in order to cope or reward ourselves for children, like having children. And it was, you know, everywhere you looked, it was like, you know, new moms, you know, where we're struggling to sleep. And this was our coping mechanism, our thing that we kind of like leaned into as the thing that we thought we deserved and needed. Um, And then I had my son two years later, and he was an emergency C-section, premature, really scary birth. Mm-hmm. And I had, I like developed really horrible postpartum. And when he, you know, when he was born, I just like was completely disconnected from him and then felt all this shame over feeling disconnected from him. And there was definitely another uptick in, in the drinking kind of combination of like mommy wine culture, but also using it to, as a, as a real, like a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember I had this maternity nurse cause living abroad, no family, no friends. Like I was kind of doing this. My husband was working wild and crazy hours at a law firm. So I had a nurse helping me, um, with him and she told me that I couldn't drink because the wine, like, you know, would pass through the baby through the breast milk. And so I hid it from her. I hid the wine in my closet, mm-hmm. <laughs> not a proud moment, but I can say, I can share it now with you. And, um, I remember her coming and knocking on my door, waking me up from a nap one day and being like, Christy, have you been drinking? And I was like, no, and she's like, your teeth are purple. And I was like, oh shoot. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it was just like, you know, I thought I needed it though. Right. And I thought, it was again, like this coping mechanism, but also like this thing that I, I needed to reward myself to, to be some, have something for me time as something that like would allow me to rest. Like I used to have this belief that it would help me rest and sleep and all of this stuff. Um, 
And so like, as we're kind of like going along this drinking timeline, it's just like, it's, I'm giving wine more and more jobs, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. I'm giving it the job of connecting with my husband, of like having fun, of like resting all of it. And then mm-hmm. um, in 2018, my mom passed away. And that was when it was like, I just didn't know how to handle the grief. I was mm-hmm. absolutely devastated. Um, we had a really, really close relationship that kind of then went a little bit weird because she started drinking, which had this like really negative, like effect on our relationship. And so when she passed away, I was sad, but I was also angry, um, lots of different emotions and I didn't know how to process it. And so I just wanted to be out drinking with friends. Um, the pub culture is huge here in the UK. So there was never a lack of finding someone from lunch onwards to just like, especially when everyone, you know, had young kids to meet and have a drink with. Um, and so I, I drank really heavily from 2018 to 2020 and my marriage was suffering. I didn't want to hang out with my kids. I had no patience. I was totally sleep deprived because as we can talk about, if you want like sleep total, I mean, your sleep is just totally ruined when you are drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and on March 9th, 2020, which happened to be like the two year anniversary of my mom's death, I woke up, I was scrolling through my Instagram. I was like looking at all these pictures. I had been like, tra- I had traveled. I had been out. I had been asked to commentate on Harry and Meghan's wedding. So there's all these pictures of me, like, you know, there at Windsor Castle. And I just looked at it and I was like, this is just fake. It doesn't feel real. It feels so inauthentic. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here in bed. I'm hungover. I feel disgusting. <laughs> and yet, like, I'm portraying this like glossy, beautiful, fancy, sophisticated life, but it's just not real. Mm-hmm. And I walked into the bathroom and I looked in the mirror and I said, Jesus, I can't do this anymore. I just, I can't do it. I don't know what, it, I don't know what it means, but I just can't do this anymore. Um, he gave me the courage then to tell my husband, Chris, like, I think I need to take a break from alcohol. Like I don't, again, I didn't know what it meant. I never said forever. I, I didn't want to put any labels on it. I just mm-hmm. knew that I, that was the first thing I had to do to kind of like get myself back. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then the UK went into lockdown. <laughs> so like, as I was chatting with you before we hit record, like it was kind of like my, my own little like self-imposed rehab because I didn't have anybody to see and I didn't have any place to go. And as the normal things that we would go to throughout the year kept getting canceled, I was like, okay, okay, I can do this. Like I'm feeling better. And I threw myself, like threw myself into learning everything that I could about how alcohol affects the brain and the body mm-hmm. and the combination of learning what it was doing to me while feeling so much better without it. I was just mm-hmm. like, okay, all right. And so I started to get really vocal on my Instagram again, where everybody's, you know, locked in their houses. And so I got all these questions from all these friends from like elementary school onwards of like, oh my gosh, like, I'm drinking more than ever. What do you mean you stop drinking, you know, and <laughs> is this forever? And how are you going to be able to go on vacation? And what about Christmas? And are you losing weight? And how's your skin and blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. so I just, you know, was answering question after question and it spurred me on. And I was like, okay, Jesus, is this what, maybe this is what I, I could do. Maybe I could help mm-hmm. people that also feel really alone and trapped by this like highly addictive drug that's, you know, made by society to seem totally normal. Mm-hmm. maybe I can help women. And so I went and got my cert- a certification 
for um, sobriety coaching and then got another certification for kind of um, Christian life coaching. Mm-hmm. And and that's what I do now. And I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Thank you for sharing your story. Yeah, we were talking beforehand um, that I know a lot of people who did their drinking increased during yeah. COVID. And, you know, here in Ohio, we had a they had a title thing, wine with DeWine. So every day when our governor would come on, people would drink during his discussions because it was too much. Um, I personally never did because I've always been working. So (laughs) I never drank during that time and pretty much actually ever, you know, in the last few years. But wow, what a story. And you kind of talked about it a little bit, the sleep deprivation and the symptoms it was having on your marriage and other things. What else did you see? Yeah. I mean, just one of the huge things and one of my favorite things to talk about, which I didn't know is chemically kind of what drinking and alcohol does to your joy. Mm -hmm. And so that was one of the things, right? Like when looking at the fruits of the spirit, like obviously that's one of them. I, when you drink, you get a hit of dopamine, which is the the feel good hormone that makes you mm-hmm. feel good. But because it's so artificially high, um, your body has to bring you back to down to homeostasis. And so mm-hmm. it introduces a counteracting hormone called dynorphin and dynorphin literally just like kills the dopamine, brings you down. It's like the buzzkill. Mm-hmm. And if you're a regular drinker, your body gets used to secreting this hormone over and over and over again. So mm-hmm. you're literally kind of like living with this like mild sedative going on mm-hmm. and you can't, it brings your baseline mood so low that it's hard to like find enjoyment in the everyday. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that until I stopped drinking and I started to actually enjoy being around my kids. And I started to enjoy when a blue sky came out in London and like enjoy the everyday as opposed to like chasing this like high that was temporary, you know? And so that was one of the things that I thought was so wild that I love talking to clients about is just like getting your joy back Mm -hmm. um, because it was so profound for me. Mm -hmm. Wow. And um, how have you seen God blow this up since you stopped drinking? Yeah. I mean, I, I came across, um, second Corinthians 12, nine, you know, his power is made perfect in my weakness. And when I read that verse, I was like, okay, I, you know, I don't have to do this alone. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be strong. He's going to be strong through me and he's mm-hmm. going to like do something amazing with this weakness that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's blown it up just by, I mean, providing me, I think with awesome women in the U S and UK to talk to and connect with and, and yeah. And like a podcast and a book deal and all this really good, fun stuff. Like he's definitely, I love the way that you said blowing it up. Cause that's exactly what he's done. <laughs> and when I think back to like three years ago, you know, I just never could have imagined being able to have this be my ministry and this be my kind of like purpose that he's given me. And it's just so awesome. That is amazing. Now, what, what is your book called and when is it coming out? So we've got some time. <laughs> the, man, the manuscript isn't due till May 1st. So it's not coming out until 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, as you know, like traditional publishing takes a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
So it's going to be, um, I think working title is love life sober, which is the name of my coaching business, um, a 40 day alcohol reset. So it'll be, um, biblical encouragement and coaching tactics for 40 days of an alcohol break, which is so exciting. That is exciting. And that will be encouraging to so many people, men and women. So thank you for, um, being open with your story and yeah, being course. willing to share it and just following in the steps that God's put in front of you to help other people. Thank so you, yeah, absolutely. You did bring up second Corinthians 12, nine. Um, what other verses kept you anchored while you were recovering? Yeah. My other one that I love so much, and this is tied to like, because one of the big things is that alcohol is so widely <laughs> accepted in society, right? It's just, mm-hmm. it's the norm to drink. It's the norm to drink at now kids' birthday parties and any mm-hmm. celebration and everywhere you look. And so it was definitely about taking a beat and deciding whether or not I wanted to like conform, right? Mm-hmm. So Romans 12 too, like do not conform to the pattern of this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I love that so much because the work that I do with clients is all about taking these beliefs Mm -hmm. of why they like to drink and deciding if they're true or not. So like Mm -hmm. this whole neurosciences, I love Paul so much. I think he was the first neuroscientist about renewing (laughs) our mind, taking every thought captive, Mm -hmm. right. And figuring out if those beliefs that we have in alcohol are true. Like I had the belief that for example, like I couldn't have fun without, you know, a rosé or a margarita Mm -hmm. And it was, it was going out and experiencing being out with people not drinking to realize, oh, that's a belief that's not even true. I'm Mm -hmm. actually really fun (laughs) (laughs) and I can can have fun without alcohol. Mm So yeah, just the, you know, being transformed by the renewing of your mind, because it starts with our mind. Mm -hmm. So many, so many, um, you know, anytime you go to Western medicine or anything like that, it's all about changing the behavior and doing so like by medicine or by willpower. And I think what it really comes down to is like, what's going on in your thoughts, you know, Mm -hmm. because that's where we're, you know, as we know, as Christians, that's where we're fighting all our battles. Mm -hmm. Oh, hundred percent. Absolutely. So since you stopped drinking and since now you're helping people, those kind of doors opening. I haven't really, I don't, I need to go back and do a tally. I don't know, but Mm -hmm. it's women. It's women all over the U.S. here in the U.K. Um, I've been able to help women with. I have like an online thirty-day self-study course. Mm-hmm. Um, so lots of women have taken that. It's kind of like the intro to this methodology of examining your beliefs about why you're drinking, mm-hmm. um, and just get starting to get really, really curious about mm-hmm. again those kind of reasons why. And then I also offer um, one-to-one coaching and then groups as well. And it's been so awesome because none of my groups have wanted to stop so far. (laughs) And I think that's such a testament to the fact that like, this is all about community and connection. And when you meet people, you know, so many times I get on a, on a zoom with a woman and they, you know, she hasn't told her best friend or her husband, this is something that she's struggling with. And Mm -hmm. so that's something that's so important to me is just making other women not feel like they're alone in this because there are, you know, there, there are so many of us that are struggling and, um, and we don't have to because life's so much better without it. (laughs) Yeah, it is. 
It is definitely. Yeah. Like I said, um, I, I was never a big drinker except for when I was a teenager, you know, got into that when I was younger and in, into my twenties, but I, I actually haven't touched alcohol in two or three years. And it was just, you know, I had like champagne one time at a new year's thing. And yeah. then I was like, why am I even doing that? Like, there's no reason I can drink sparkling and just be fine. So yeah, I, yeah. now I can't drink. Um, yeah, not healthily yeah. anyways. And, but not everybody has those life situations that happen that kind of put their, put a kibosh on it. They have to, yeah. like you said, find the transformations from their thoughts that really can only truly come from God. Because yeah. if we try and do it on our own, we can't. Yeah. Yes, I agree a hundred percent. And I think it's so interesting um, because I, I, I do have clients and even friends, right. That will take like your case, for example, and they'll say, mm -hmm. well, like, you know, Gina doesn't drink or she can have one and take it or leave it. Therefore I should be able to. Mm -hmm. And like, as you so beautifully put, it's like, it's, when you wind up giving alcohol, like, or wine, all these jobs, mm -hmm. it takes on a whole different meaning, right? And you're yeah. giving, you have so many reasons for drinking it. And actually, like, when you get down to the nitty gritty of like, doing this kind of like thought work, it works with anything. It yeah. works with shopping, it works with sugar, food, whatever, like you're kind of like compulsive or habit or thing that you want to break. We're all trying to fill something, right? right. Connection, mm -hmm. boredom, fun, rest. Like, you know, my thing right now is like, why am I always scrolling on Instagram? Mm -hmm. Right. I'm just kind of past time or, you know, connect, but it does, it's, is it really giving me either of those things, you know? Mm -hmm. And so just looking at why we do the things that we do and whether or not that is true or not is so helpful. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You just, uh, that's one of mine too, is the endless scrolling. Yeah. So, and what, like you say, what purpose is it really giving us? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. So where can people find you? Yeah. So I'm really active on Instagram. <laughs> Obviously I just said how I scroll all there all the time, but um, <laughs> I do try to offer like really helpful, valuable daily content on there for like mm -hmm. the sober curious community, because, um, it's just, a, it's an easy way to kind of like, like, you know, dive into the beginning of it, I guess. So that, um, I'm on Love Life Sober with Christy, um, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y. And then my website is lovelifesober.com. Um, and I've got a free like webinar on there, not a web, it's more like a masterclass of like coaching tactics on how to get through um, the witching hour. So what do you do with a wine craving? Like there's, I recorded this video about, with tons of awesome tactics just to kind of get through that five o'clock if that's what you struggle with like I did um mm -hmm. you know on how to like surf the urge and ride out the craving and what do you do and what it, what is the voice is saying and all this good stuff so you can find that also for free on both my Instagram and my website awesome and I will put links to all that in today's show notes and again Christy thank you so much for joining me today I really really appreciate our conversation and you're welcome. And any last minute encouragement for my listeners? 
Yeah, I would just say that, you know, I think I already said this, but it's, I think it's just so important is that you're not alone, you know, mm-hmm. and also there's this kind of societal idea that we have to hit some sort of like really intense rock bottom. And that is just not true. I I didn't, right. I could have kept going, but I just got fed up. And so mm-hmm. if you just feel like alcohol is getting in the way, if you feel like, even if it's just that you don't have energy with your kids, or you're not sleeping, mm-hmm. like you can take a break from alcohol and see the difference, no matter where you at are at kind of on the the drinking spectrum. You don't have to label yourself an alcoholic. I don't, you don't have to count days. You can just give it a try and see if you like it. Like all this good stuff. We don't have to like, you know, we don't have to come to it from a rigid, as I said, I never said forever in the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, you can just come to it from this, like, I'm going to just try this. I'm going to do an experiment and see if I feel better without it. Um, yeah, I think that was about 10 things I would suggest <laughs> But yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Hey, you guys go follow Christy. Go thank her for coming on the podcast today and keep an eye out for her new book. So (laughs) thanks for joining me, Christy. And you guys have a great week. Thanks, Gina. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. I pray that each of you will take something from this episode, that you will be challenged, that you will be encouraged in your walk with God. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review so that other people can find this and other people can listen to the stories of God's redemption. I love you guys, and I'll talk to you next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app.